0: the sunday review with tim graham
1: hello and welcome to the latest edition of the sunday review kate ford is here to tell us more about the forestrow village club and some of their upcoming events we'll be chatting to francis brown from st dunstan's community cafe in ashurst wood about their vital search for more volunteers and steve martin from the victoria sports and social club has details of a new weekly table tennis club in lingfield Paul Tolme finds out more about a cream tea event in Crawley Down that's supporting the local branch of Parkinson's UK and a golf day in Ifield raising funds for autism support Crawley. Plus, Jago Bailey will be chatting to Carrie Court, the CEO of Sussex Green Living, about the work the charity does and how we can all live a more sustainable and environmentally friendly life. All coming up in this final edition before we take a summer break. If you live in or around Forest Row, there's a friendly and sociable club serving the cheapest drinks in the village. What's more, they host a number of events and activities throughout the year. To tell us more, I'm joined by Kate Ford from the Forest Row Village Club. Kate, welcome to the show. Can you start by telling us a bit more about the club and how long you've been running for?
2: Thanks, Tim. Yeah, we have been running since um, 1952, I think. We originally started in the Village Hall um, in the middle of Forest Row. Now we're based at the end of Station Road near the Forest Way. And we've got a team of seven committee members. Um, and we've got a trustee and a chairman and a president. Um, we run as a committee because it's a community asset. It's actually Forest Row's biggest community asset. So all the money, basically, that we make, it's not for profit. It goes back into the the club to keep it running.
1: And how important would you say the club is to the local community?
2: Oh, it's fabulous. I mean, we're in a great location because we're just down from the Forest Way. We've got loads of parking down there. We've got a lovely big sunny terrace Um, which we have improved recently. And we are family-friendly and fully accessible um, for everybody.
1: So tell us what sort of events and activities do you host there?
2: Well, we have regular events going on throughout the week. Um, They range from table tennis. We have three times a week based in in the hall there. We have WI meetings every week. And then um, every month we have a rock and roll jive. Uh, dj rocking rex we have a quiz every three months we've just hosted one recently and we've got another one coming up in september and then we have a regular bingo as well we do bingo every second sunday of the month and that proves to be really really popular
1: fantastic so aside from the events and activities what are the general facilities that you have on offer
2: So we've got two full-size snooker tables, we've got two pool tables, we've got two dartboards, we've got the jukebox and we have fully accessible areas uh, for ramps um, and we have a big um, hall that we hire out as well, a big events hall.
1: So it's possible for members to hire out the venue then?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They can um, hire it out. We've got a fantastic stage um, with a sprung wooden dance floor area with seating. We've got a kitchen and we have got a bar as well that people can hire. It's perfect for birthday parties, celebrations. We've had weddings there, anniversaries. It's great.
1: So if people want to come along to the club, do they have to be a member? If so, what sort of costs are involved?
2: yeah it's a membership club and it costs just 20 pounds a year to join but with the alcohol and drinks being so competitive on price you soon make that up in a couple of rounds so the full membership price is 20 pounds and then for your first year it would be 25 because we have a card system but from then on renewal would just be 20 pounds um, and senior citizens at £10. We do also have a junior card as well for under-16s, as we find a lot of young people like to come down and use the um, snooker and the um, pool facilities as well.
0: You
1: mentioned that you run quite a number of regular events. What have you got coming up that you're particularly excited about?
2: Yeah, we've got some events planned and we're still working on some for this year as well. So, yeah, we've got a regular bingo. It's the first Sunday of the month at 4pm. So our next one of those will be on the 2nd of July. Then it's 6th of August, 3rd of September, 1st of October um that is really good fun and we hold that in the hall we've also got a rocking Rex event dates, which is the rock and roll there is an entrance fee of five pounds i believe but it's a very good popular night they are on saturday the 15th of july saturday the 12th of august and we also have another quiz night coming up on September the 16th. So it's a little bit away away, but get it in your diaries. And then also we have a band night with Funky Junkie, a local Forest Row band. Um, They're coming along on Saturday, the 14th of October. Now, we do this as a charity night. It's really what we call a members tribute night to our friends that we've lost over the years. And we have really good fun and we try and raise money for two charities. Last year, we did British Heart Foundation and Cancer Research. And then looking forward to November Uh, We also have another quiz on the 25th and then uh, in December we do a really popular Christmas party for members and non-members. Last year it was really good fun, albeit it snowed, but look out on our website for more details and of course Facebook.
1: Fantastic, it sounds like you've got a lot going on there. How can the local community help you?
2: Well, I suppose we just need your support. I mean, the club is run by committee members, full members. It would be nice to have new members down there for people to know it is in the village. We have free parking down there. Um, and like I say, we've got the snooker and the pool tables. And it would be great to, to see more, more faces and bring awareness to the community, really. Um, we are currently looking for bar staff at the moment. We've recently put an ad out on Facebook. No training necessary. Training will be given. And if you contact us via Facebook or the website, um, we can come back to you.
1: Brilliant. And just remind us how people can find out more about the club and get in touch with you.
2: Right, so to find out more, then you take a look at our Facebook page. That's regularly updated. You can message us and contact us through there. Um, we also have a website forestry Again, that will have all the facilities um, and all the events that we have on there. And otherwise, just feel free to come down, come to see us. Um, we're a very welcoming, family-friendly club. You know, always very welcome to come down have a drink and see for yourself what a lovely atmosphere it is.
1: That's great. Kate, thanks so much for your time today and telling us more about the Forest Row Village Club.
2: Brilliant. Thanks, Tim.
1: For more information about the club and upcoming events, visit frvillageclub.co.uk. That's frvillageclub.co.uk. We'll post the link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Our local community cafe is being forced to close its doors for a month in August due to a lack of volunteers. St Dunstan's in Ashurst Wood are losing two cooks and need help to continue providing a vital service to the local area. To tell us more about the cafe and what's needed, I'm joined by Francis Brown. Francis, welcome to the show. Now, before we talk about your need for volunteers, can you tell us a little bit more about the cafe and the role it plays in the community?
3: Yes, hello, Tim. Um, St Dunstan's Community Cafe was opened in the summer of 2010. It was an inspired idea from a lady in the village who had um, actually helped with the design of the kitchen. And she decided that it would be a lovely idea to have a cafe for the local community to come along to once a week. Um, To anybody is welcome to gather together, um, to have a place every tuesday to go along and have a a delicious home-cooked meal for everybody to go and and, um, have a nice chat and a nice place to get together
1: now as i mentioned at the moment you're looking for cooks what sort of experience or qualifications do they need
3: Well, I'm a cook at the cafe. I've been cooking now for just over a year. So I'm one of the babies, really, because a lot of the volunteers have been there for many, many years since it's opened. Um, You don't need any qualifications at all. Um, If you enjoy cooking and I'm just a family cook, I have been for years and I do enjoy cooking. You can um, contact the um, coordinator and they will arrange for you, if you're interested, to have all, everything that you need you can have your food um, standards agency training they will arrange for you to do which is very easy it sounds more complicated um, which is a mandatory qualification that you do need to cook in a in a public kitchen and um, you would also get a lot of help from the existing cooks uh, for advice and to show you the ropes basically
1: brilliant if somebody's listening who wants to help out but maybe has limited cooking experience are there other sorts of roles they can get involved with? Yep,
3: yeah, there's lots of volunteers. There are assistant cooks, which help with the clearing up the and also the preparing of the food and possibly helping with making a pudding or something, but they would be under guidance of the cook. Um, waiters and waitresses are always needed. Um, drivers that um, are able to pick up those without transport. They might, in the local area, they might, be uh, able to go and collect somebody that otherwise wouldn't be able to come along um and and we do have a very few deliveries where the aim is not to deliver food but if there are people that are unwell for a week or something we we can offer um for one of our drivers to take them along a meal but the main idea is to get everybody to come along and enjoy the whole experience
1: As you said, you've been involved for a little while now. What's the volunteering experience been like for you?
3: It's such an enjoyable experience to see people coming along. They all meet together, um, have a lovely chat. It it may be um, their only sort of to have a delicious home-cooked dinner. Um, It may be their only home-cooked meal. It might be the fact that they want to meet friends. Um, Some people can't afford to go out to eat Um, at the moment and this is a very economical way of enjoying a three-course meal if you want a three-course meal out outside of your home so it's just the enjoyment of seeing people enjoying themselves meeting up with their friends and you get to see an awful lot of people that are very appreciative of what you're doing.
1: And what sort of impact does it have on the local community?
3: I think for a lot of people it was very much um, a lifeline um, for particularly it it had to close throughout Covid but before then it's just a nice place for people to go and I think for people that are maybe alone or maybe want some company or want to come out and meet new people it's just the hub of the village but it can also involve people from the surrounding areas. Um, We actually have people travelling far and wide, we have a um, couple of ladies coming from riddles down on a, a train and then they get two buses we and one of them meets up with their friend from horsham who gets a bus um so it's it is it's a nice place to meet and it's just the hub of the village and it's nice community atmosphere in there
1: so what sort of meals are on offer at the cafe
3: we always do a vegetarian soup for a starter um, so that with bread, which is always an option for people, if they are vegetarian, it's every other month we have a vegetarian cook. Uh, but for an example of one of our menus, say on July the fourth, which is coming up, we have tomato and basil soup, shepherd's pie with lamb and vegetables, followed by a chocolate mousse, um, and then afterwards you get um, tea and coffee. Um, the prices are very reasonable. It's two pounds for a starter, it's four pounds for a main, and it's two pounds. For a pudding, and the tea and coffee are free, um, so you can have as as little or as many as, as starters, main courses, and puddings as you want.
1: <laughs> Fantastic! Sounds delicious. So, when is the cafe open?
3: Every Tuesday, between the hours of 12 and half past one. They can just pop in. You don't need to make an appointment. You don't need to make a reservation. We have walkers walking past that suddenly pop in because they just fancy a quick quick meal um so that's every Tuesday except sadly we have got to close in August we because of the lack of um cooks we are unfortunately going to be closed the whole month of August because the um existing cooks cannot cover those dates as we are getting very short of cooks
1: and for those who are not that familiar with Wood, are you easy to find
3: very easy to find. it's on it's next to the church. If they look up where St. Dunstan's church is, they will then um, be able to find the cafe in it's next it's in the hall next to the church. There's parking outside um so it is as I say it's it is very accessible, very easy to get get to and all are welcome, including young maybe young mums with babies. There are high chairs available. Um, as well, so it's uh, it is open to all ages and to everyone.
1: Now the cafe is not for profit. What do you do with any excess money that you've got left over?
3: So once all the expenses have been taken out, so the the food expenses, um, there's rent for the church hall. Um, they the rest of the if there is any money over, they um, make a donation to the church. But anything on top of that, they would make a charitable donation. Um, of a choice of the volunteers which is is quite nice I mean an example last year was they had about 1460 customers um, and they they gave 1200 pounds to charity
1: that's wonderful so if somebody's listening and they want to perhaps get involved with volunteering or they just want to know more about the cafe and the latest menu where's the best place to go?
3: It is advertised on Facebook groups. So, the What's Happening in East Grinstead group, uh, we will be putting up a new menu this week on that group. The Ashurst Wood community groups and the Ashurst Wood Parish Council all advertise. And in the Ashurst Wood mag- um, Parish Magazine, I believe they have the weekly menu as well. Um, but the best place to, to go is to uh, maybe look on Facebook. And we will make sure this week that the up-to-date menu will be available for people to to have a look at the details.
1: That's great, Francis, thanks so much for your time today and telling us a bit more about the cafe and all the best in your search for new cooks.
3: Thank you, Tim, thank you for having me.
1: As Francis mentioned, you can find out more about the cafe and the latest menu on various local Facebook groups, including what's happening in East Grinstead and Ashurst Wood Village. We'll also post all the contact details on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. If you fancy a game of table tennis, there's a new weekly social club in Lingfield that could be of interest. It's open to adults of all standards and abilities and is based at the Victoria Sports and Social Club. To tell us more, I'm joined by Steve Martin, who's Vice Chair of the Victoria Club. Steve, welcome to the show. Now, what prompted you to set up a table tennis club in Lingfield?
4: Well, initially, I just wanted to increase the amount of sports that we provide at the club. So I wanted to enter a table tennis team into the East Grinstead Table Tennis League. And uh, in that process, I met someone who plays in that league who mentioned a social club, uh, a table tennis social club in Forest Row, um, where they just meet up on a weekly basis. Um, and it just sort of led from there. I I tried to mimic sort of that, as well as also trying to create a league team, and it's turned out that the social club's been a bigger thing than trying to create a league team.
1: So how long's the table tennis club been running now, and how popular has it been so far?
4: It's been running for about 12 or 13 weeks, so it's still in its infancy. We get about six to nine people turn up every week, and for... We have three tables, so that's, you know, uh, everyone gets, you know, enough time on the tables. But we 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 are, um, we have space for more.
1: And what kind of environment can people expect when they come along? Is it competitive or is it more focused on casual play and socialising?
4: It's very much more focused towards casual play. We have a couple of people who are from the, who do play in leagues, but... I'd say it's about 90% just casual players and there's no sort of real strict structure to the evening. You just generally end up playing everyone throughout the night.
1: And if somebody's not played table tennis before or has little experience, can they still come along and join in and perhaps learn a bit more about the game?
4: Absolutely. There's people who have only just started playing table tennis and it's right. And we also have people who who played table tennis 30 years ago and are uh, just getting back into it? It's we truly are open to all standards and abilities, and to people who have never played it, and to people who have played it loads.
1: Fantastic. At the moment, I gather it's adults only. Are there any plans to establish a junior club in the future?
4: Very much so. Um, as we're a brand new club, we're still trying to work out the general structures of the club and um, you know how to more organized and once we get that through uh, we'll eventually try and set up a youth club of sorts for table tennis we have a um, a general youth club at the victoria club you know not related to table tennis and that's been very popular so for sure um we want to emulate that with a, a youth setup for our table tennis social club
1: so are there any costs involved in taking part in the table tennis club
4: for the time being no we just wanted to keep it three just to help it uh, start off but eventually we probably will start charging but it'll be a very small fee i believe the forest row table tennis club i think they charge about four pounds a session uh, so it, it'd be around that but we we're not not going to be charging anytime soon but may, maybe come autumn winter we will start charging
1: now, you're also vice-chair of the Victoria Club. What other activities and events have you got going on there?
4: Well, as I mentioned earlier, we have a youth club, which we which has been started by um, a bunch of volunteers maybe three months ago, and that has been fantastic for the Victoria Club, um, and it's some weeks having 30 kids turn up, so that's been great for the, um, the local Lingfield community. Uh, we also have... Uh, other sports teams, snooker teams, darts teams, pool teams. Plus, we have a bunch of clubs and activities that use the Victoria Club as our base. So we we, um, we do plenty of stuff stuff here. But we've always got space for more, hence why I'm trying to promote uh, table tennis and maybe in the future try and promote um, indoor bowls because uh, we had a few people approach us about that. That's great. So
1: how important would you say it is to have a space where the local community can meet and socialise with
4: each other? It's extremely important because communities that lack these spaces, it's hard to be a community. This is where people of all different walks of life come together and spend time in. And um, we're very fortunate in Lingfield to have a place like the Victoria Club. It is great for the community and it would be a great loss if it wasn't there.
1: It sounds like a great asset for the local community. If someone is interested then in coming along to play table tennis or just wants to know what else is going on at the Victoria Club, how can they get in touch with you or find out more?
4: Our sessions for the table tennis are on Tuesdays between 7 and half 9, and you can just turn up. There's no need to book. You can turn up and uh, play straight away. Uh, If you were interested in the other activities at the Victoria Club, you can just turn up during opening hours and uh, apply to be a member, which is a very easy process. We, we do have a website. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, which has, been, which has only been recently started, which has been a great way of spreading what we do throughout the community.
1: Fantastic. Steve, thanks so much for your time today and all the best with the Table Tennis Club and everything else that you've got going on at the Victoria Sports and Social Club. Uh, Thank you very much for having me on. If you'd like to find out more about the Lingfield Table Tennis Social Club or the Victoria Sports and Social Club, visit vssc.org.uk. That's vssc.org.uk. Or you can call them on 01342 833 422. That's 01342 833 422. Or you can pop into the centre on the high street in Lingfield. We'll post all the details on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. On his mid-morning show on Tuesday, Paul Tolmie caught up with Patrick Brady, the chairman of the Crawley and East Grinstead branch of Parkinson's UK. They spoke about some upcoming events, but started by discussing the condition itself.
5: Parkinson's is a a neurological condition. It's a progressive neurological condition in the sense that... um, doesn't get any better. It will just mm. um, uh, get worse over time. That time can vary between you know a couple of years to 20 years. It just depends on um, what sort of flavor of Parkinson's the, the individual uh, ends up with. But uh, it affects all aspects of movement um, because the, the protein in the brain is lost and um, on the basis of the, the losing that protein, then you lose all aspects of movement. And, um, and the dopamine, which is the protein, um, uh, doesn't replace itself and therefore there is a treatment about dopamine replacement um, which helps but it doesn't actually um, uh, cure the condition. So there's no cure for it but it affects all aspects of movement, physical movement um, and also movement of the muscles and the systems internally. Your, your, your tummy muscles don't work, your lungs don't always work, your facial muscles uh, don't work, and so it's it's um it, it is a difficult condition for people, and um and it is um something which is uh, dear to my heart in terms of trying to help uh, those individuals in Crawley and East Grinstead uh, live with that condition and make the best use of their uh, their activities of life, and um and at the same time help to try and find a cure. Mm. Uh, so that's and every fu- a penny we raise goes to help people in Crawley and East Grinstead that um, suffer from Parkinson's. And we emphasise in trying to support the family as well as the individual because mm. it, it affects the whole family.
0: How close are we, if, if at all, to finding a cure?
5: I would have thought that uh, we're five years plus away from anything Rick, like wow. that. It's, it, 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 there's a lot of work being done to uh, identify how Parkinson's can repurpose existing uh, drugs in order to make a difference, in the same way that they've been doing some of those things for dementia. Mm. Um, but uh, given that they don't know yet, the scientists don't quite know exactly what the cause of Parkinson's is, but they know the cause is because um, dopamine is lost. Um, but why the dopamine is lost is, is is yet to be confirmed. So it could be due to your diet, it could be due to different proteins in the brain which clog up um, or it could be down to um, the little batteries in your cells, things called mitochondria which actually help feed your cells and um, like our mobile phones sometimes um, they run out of power and they die and the more uh, of these mitochondria that die um, the more the cell dies because it doesn't get any food and and they really don't know if um, all three play a part. In producing uh, parkinson's or whether it's just 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 one or, or or what um and whether that's one of those three years uh it, it could be a good guess uh, mm. um so it's 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 very difficult
0: but 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 hopefully the events like this will help to uh to to put more money in and um, hopefully get, a, get that, a, uh, uh, clear, so or at least mitigate it
5: yes yeah, so our prime motive is so we we any excess money we have at the end of the year from providing all of our social care services um, we would put into um, the central uh, Parkinson's UK for that ongoing research. And um, and, and some of our, our activities we do are specifically for fundraise for um, the research. And um, I'm also part of a, a research uh, group in Southeast uh, England uh, where we're looking at all different aspects of how to support Parkinson's with different uses of technology and AI and things. Mm. And... Uh, uh, we're, as a branch, we're exploring the idea about how locally we can develop um, a uh, neurological centre where we help uh, all people with different forms of neurological um, disabilities, so whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's or motor neurone. Or, um, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a condition that's very similar to Parkinson's called um, PSP. It's Progressive um, Subneural Palsy. think that's what it's called Um, and uh, there's no cure for that either and uh, but it presents very similar to to Parkinson's Um, but uh, there's no treatment for PSP so it's very difficult and we're trying to identify help identify ways of distinguishing people with PSP and people with Parkinson's uh, because that's uh, important um, to define how they how those individuals get treated differently from Parkinson's
0: and important for them to know as well that while there might not be a cure or a bit further down the road there is support out there
5: yes absolutely the more what we can do to publicize what we do and how we support one of the important things for anybody with Parkinson's or anything anybody with a, a, a neurological disease is exercise um, and the more people exercise the more they can um slow down the progression of their 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 condition and so we run two sessions a week with Nuffield Health in Crawley and um and we have 20 people that come along, um, uh, 10 each uh, on each day and they have a um, an hour's worth of um, aerobic and physical exercise um, and uh, and that's supported by uh, Nuffield Health and there's no charge for that um, but we are limited on numbers because mm, of health and safety in course. the gym. Um, uh, we, we don't want our, our members sort of uh, falling over uh, as they might do. Um, and causing difficulties within uh, and health and safety issues in the gym. So we're balancing that out, but we're exploring later on this year to uh, increase uh, some of the activities that we do for our members in in expanding the Nuffield work to support pilates and um, and some uh, innovative ideas about using blaze pods, which um, are, are lights. Uh, these are these are um, it's an AI program, I think. Um, and you've got separate lights and the individual has to go and touch the light and by touching the light it then triggers another light yeah. and then you have to run around and, um, uh, and um, switch them all off. And that gives a physical exercise but at the same time it challenges the brain to be mm. thinking where is it going next and, and that balance um, we hope might be something which is uh, fairly innovative in terms of trying to support and increase um, the uh, the balance and uh, stability of individuals with uh, uh, that come
0: on to Parkinson's. Let's move because we've got your Queen uh, Tea coming up. Which yeah. was, last year you had to cancel it because it was because of the hot weather.
5: Yeah, yes, we did. Which
0: sounds we, odd, but but this year you're all back together.
5: Yep, we're all this year we're all back together, and um, we're um, uh, trying to make a bit more space so that uh, any uh, issues with the heat and things uh, can be minimised. So we're going to be have having the cream tea at, um, the Haven Centre in Crawley Down, and that's going to be on the 9th of July, uh, from 2pm till 4. Um, the entrance fee is £10 per person, and that's payable on the day. Um, and, um, you get, uh, sort of cakes and tea and coffee, squash, scones, jam, uh, and some, and, and the clotted cream and all those things. Um, and so it's a good, after, a good fun afternoon, and, um, and there will be a raffle uh, with a multitude of different prizes
0: and people can come along to these events can't they if they if they need help and want to chat to somebody about maybe if they've got or if they know someone who's got parkinson's or are concerned about somebody who might have it there's the opportunity to network
5: absolutely yes um the the members uh, like to chat amongst themselves about their condition and get help and advice from other members if you um feel that you might be experiencing Parkinson's symptoms and things, um, then you can come along and uh, chat to us and we'll give you some advice and guidance a little bit in terms of what's the best approach for you um, and, uh, and make sure that you uh, get in touch with your GP and the Parkinson's nurse because then they'll be much better placed uh, to help um, your issues. But we are very comfortable to provide some, some help and guidance mm. to those individuals. If you want to come along, um, uh, whether that's the individual with uh, with the symptoms or families that want some help and guide about knowing how to help their own individual who may have Parkinson's. Um,
0: So, and and then all the all the proceeds from the cream tea and all of the other events that you do will go back into. Yep. Gets invested back into it. Yeah.
5: Goes back. So we we provide taxi service for members. We provide um, uh, carers and. and general support, so that uh, if you want, if you want a bit of help with your housework or your shopping, or you need someone to sit with your loved one while you go and do something else to have a bit of a break, we can help try and provide some of those things, and, and we make a, 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 a contribution to that. Um, and um, and we generally try and make sure that we, if people want advice and guidance about different aids and different supports, then we will help help do those things as well.
1: Patrick Brady talking there to Paul Tolmie earlier this week. The Crawley and East Grinstead Parkinson's UK Cream Tea is being held at the Haven Centre in Crawley Down on Sunday, the ninth of July, between two p.m. and four p.m. Entry is ten pound per person on the door. For more information about the group, visit localsupport.parkinsons.org.uk. That's localsupport.parkinsons.org.uk and search for East Grinstead. We'll post all the details on Twitter at sundayreview107 and on facebook.com forward slash sundayreview107. On his environment show this week, Jago Bailey spoke to Carrie Court, the CEO of Sussex Green Living. They spoke about the work the charity does and how we can all live a more sustainable and environmentally friendly life.
6: So Sussex Green Living, um, I founded in 2012. A mum, I was getting depressed about my son's future on planet Earth. And I thought, let's just do something, um, go to your grave, knowing you've done everything in your power. So it, I formed it in 2012, became a charity in 2020. Um, and we now have uh, six trustees and about 135 volunteers um, who live throughout about 21 towns and villages. And we're very much about um, empowering and educating um adults children businesses community groups and councils um to build regenerative restorative and uh, resilient communities
7: just going back to to how the organization started what particular environmental issues were sort of getting you down at the time in 2012 global warming mm-hmm.
6: the prospect of really what uh, the life on planet earth could look like by 2050 and planet that... earth will be here and you know but actually how sustainable it is and, and what life will be like for humans um is quite another matter
7: yeah agreed and one of the things i've i've read from your website is you're, you're really trying to build a network of, of volunteers and and um different initiatives what Is it about a network that you think is particularly important in terms of tackling different environmental challenges?
6: I think people on their own feel in despair um, and eco anxieties, you know, um, it paralyzes people. But when we come together, whether it's in sports or in business or in community, we're stronger together. Mm. so um we inspire each other um you know we share ideas and solutions we support each other in climate action and engagement public engagement um uh so yeah i i think it's it, it's a bit like going back to the good old days when we had villages and we had you know all the villagers working together to support their village their community we live in a really global world now don't we but um Yeah, I think it's really important to build these village networks and connect up the dots from village to village.
7: Yeah. And and could we touch a bit more on on repair cafes? I read on your website that there's something that's really growing in the UK. Why do we need more of these repair cafes?
6: Yeah, really good point. Um, We really need repair cafes in every single town um, because... um, I mean, in the good old days, we used to uh, repair everything and anything, didn't we? We didn't just replace. We're now in a, a, a replace, um, a buy new um, sort of world. Um, and if we think about it, uh, I often ask people this, you know, if your toaster breaks, for example, um, and you buy a new one, where, where does it come from? It might come from the shop down the road, but where is it made? Yeah. And More often than not, it's made 10,000 miles away in China transported using fossil fuel, releasing CO2, causing climate change. Um, the broken toaster will end up in Africa, probably being taken apart, slave labour in Africa, another 3,000 miles added to your journey of your broken toaster. So why repair it? Well, it saves money. It saves all that sort of 13,000, 14,000 miles worth of fossil fuel and obviously all the fossil fuel to make a new toaster. Uh, yeah it's just insane isn't it really when Mm -hmm. a quick fix a repair cafes do you know it's volunteers repairing these things so it might not cost you anything at all.
7: Mm. I think think that's a great incentive because I think sometimes people will opt for replace rather than repair simply for the fact that it takes time and a bit of effort whereas I think having a repair cafe in place that's a great way to cut that corner a little bit maybe and maybe learn uh, is there a chance to learn how to fix things as well
6: yeah totally so um that's really very much the idea behind repair cafes is that you don't just dump your item and go off shopping that you sit with the repairer and you learn the lost skills of repair um and then next time you might be able to sort it out yourself so i think it's really really exciting i mean the repair movement um was founded in the netherlands in uh, tw- uh 2009 we founded the first one in West Sussex in 2017 and we've mentored about 20 now um, mm. and really, really exciting. Within our own district, we've actually now got um, seven and we're working on helping to uh, get an eighth repair cafe within one district um, going and I, I think that must be quite a record actually.
7: What are the current shortfalls in the, in the UK's recycling system?
6: Well, at the moment, it's quite—it's very complicated. So recycling from county to county varies considerably depending on the contracts and the infrastructure that each, each county council have. So it is very complicated, which people don't really appreciate. But if we take West Sussex alone, um, our landfill is full. It's a land mountain. I call it a land mountain. It's not a hole in the ground. It's a mountain. Um, So now we have the situation with um, either having to create a new landfill, which no one wants in their back garden, um, or um, those materials, um, you know, have to be got rid of. Um, West Sussex County Council try and actually recycle as much as possible that goes in our green-lidded bins. But the fact is, like with hard-to-recycle single-use plastics, um, we especially if they've been in your green-lidded bin they can't be recycled so those actually end up being sent to places like sometimes the uk but sometimes places like germany to be incinerated to create energy from waste which creates energy but guess what it's used fossil fuel to get it there yeah so it's complicated but there are so many you know solutions around us i mean waste prevention trying not to take it in the beginning is the biggest message Mm. um you can take back all those hard to recycle plastics to the supermarkets now which lots of people know the big supermarkets um but they will either be incinerated by the supermarkets because they're getting so many so then it's lost and gone forever um or they will be downcycled which is making something like um big industrial planters watering cans dustbins that will only be recycled once they'll never be you know broken down and created into something new so it's not um yeah this recycling of or downcycling of hard to recycle plastics isn't a long term solution we have mm-hmm. to deplasticize our lives yeah and that's where refills, which is one of our other um um pillars of activity come in, you know refilling.
7: yeah could you talk a bit more about that because i'm in I'm in Brighton, and there's there's a few refill stores out there, and I think there's definitely a common perception that if you're going to to refill that's quite an expensive way to get certain food types. How do you feel about that?
6: Okay so you've got food refills and you've also got bottle refills many people don't know about either actually mm. um everyone knows now about taking their water drinker for life and getting that filled up um so that gets rid of hopefully reduces the amount of plastic bottles water bottles but yeah many people don't know so i mean if we talk about um shampoo shower gel washing up liquid clean you know laundry liquid for example <laughs> Um, many people don't know that they can use their bottle time and time and time again endlessly um and uh, just go to a real refill shop and just pay for the liquid within the bottle yeah, um you know if we're like faith in nature we we do refills, and if you go and buy a faith in nature bottle of hair shampoo, it costs about five pound ninety. If you come to us just to buy the liquid and not the bottle, it costs about three pounds sixty yeah because you're just buying the liquid right mm. and and the, obviously the key point is that bottle bottles in west sussex used to go all the way to china to be recycled ten thousand miles using cost fossil fuel causing climate change now um i believe last time i asked they go to somewhere like poland but that's still thousands of miles away mm. when why aren't we just buying the liquid and using our bottle for life yeah. So I think bottle refills are becoming now um uh widely available there's a page on Sussex green living under um green ideas i think it is green green living steps um there's a refill page and we've listed all the refill shops that we know about certainly around the west sussex area mm-hmm. um but uh, food refills is a little bit more challenging um the pressure is on and i think the big supermarkets are have been running trials and um uh, are at different stages in developing those food refill services um, but I think what's important is um, we give the supermarkets their packaging back, so they have to take responsibility for it, and we constantly apply pressure that we want a refill service for food
7: uh, another thing that i'd like to ask about in terms of your your charity is the events that you put on what what sort of events are you are you running in different communities?
6: An event that we run once a month, which is called the Sussex Green Hub. Um, I class it as like our climate emergency centre. These climate emergency centres are popping up all around the world, all around the UK. Um, Ours only pops up once a month. It's got the repair cafe, it's got bottle refills, it's got recycling advice and a service, a drop-off service. We have the Horsham community fridge, Um, pop up to give away food that would otherwise just be chucked and we are encouraging our village volunteers to set up miniature versions of that in their villages so we're constantly inviting um, councillors parish councillors district councillors to come and see it Mm -hmm. and please now copy us you know take it into your village Um, apart from that we uh, we do a lot of work in schools. so we pop up with uh, we've got a crazy milk flow um, an eco flow 1974 milk flow We retrofitted into our Inspiration Eco Station Um, and we take it to public events and to schools like an outdoor educational festival. And we offer a bottle refill service from the float. It's got lots of colourful, inspiring solutions, actions, things that we can all do to make a difference. All over, it's got a little miniature eco garden, a garden for wildlife and people. Uh, it's got a future landscape. We we sort of take it out there to share the solutions, which I think is the thing with many groups that's missing. You know, it, it's well and good shouting about the fact that we are in a climate and ecological crisis, which we are, but we have to inspire people to take action and show them what they can do to yep. save money and to help the planet.
1: Carrie Court, CEO of Sussex Green Living, speaking there to Jago Bailey. And that was just a short snippet. You can hear the full interview on our Listen Again service at meridianfm.com. For more information on Sussex Green Living, visit sussexgreenliving.org.uk. That's sussexgreenliving.org.uk. We'll post links on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. Jago will be back with his final environment show this Wednesday at 2pm. Maria Cook from Autism Support Crawley joined Paul Tolmey on Tuesday to talk about the charity's annual golf day and Maria's recent media appearances.
8: There's been so much media att- um, attraction to the child trust fund difficulties mm. that so many um, families are facing now. Um, and it's been so, you know, we've been building momentum for quite a few years now to say that there is a massive problem out there that, that does need attention from the government and the ministry of justice you know um and it's brilliant that the bbc have 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 picked it up it's been it's been covered by channel five channel four you know other things on the on the radio and stuff but to actually get the bbc now on board to go oh actually yeah we need to look at this is is phenomenal
0: Mm. you were on there because your son ryan has a trust fund that you said you stopped paying into it.
8: That's right. Yeah. So, um, back in the day when Ryan was born, um, for several years prior and a few years after, families were um encouraged um to save into a child trust fund that was given to us for free with 250 pounds in um to make that nest egg for your child. So, mm. in theory, it sounds like a great idea and you know, you're you're kind of sucked in by, it, I guess. Um, to be able to save for your child's future, whether that be for university fees, a, a car, driving lessons, deposit on mm. a flat, something like that, you know. Um, but, you know, obviously we then realised that Ryan had significant learning difficulties as well as autism and that, you know, he's not going to have the capacity to be able to handle his own affairs um, financially or anything else come 18 and so, therefore, that meant that he wouldn't be able to access his child trust fund, and that's his money that we'd been paying into. And I contacted the child trust fund provider, and I said, well, so how are we going to get around this? And they said, oh, that's easy. Don't worry about it, Mrs Cook. Um, you, can, um, you can just become Ryan's power of attorney. And I said, well, you're a financial company, so do you know how power of attorney work? You actually, the person that you're going to be power of attorney for has to have the capacity to agree to you being that power of attorney in the first place. I said, my son can't do that. And they turned around and said, well, don't know then. (laughs) And I was was like, oh, Hmm. okay, so you're just going to earn interest on my son's money. So I was just like, right, we're not paying into it anymore. Got in touch with some specialist solicitors who had identified that there was a significant, uh, uh, over 750,000 families in exactly the same predicament as us. Um. And so, yeah, a campaign was started to highlight the difficulty and, um, yeah, it's, there's millions and millions of pounds that are th- th- that's locked away, Paul, yeah. you know? And that's why, you know, there's a core group of us that are challenging and holding the Ministry of Justice to account because the process currently to be able to access that money is so complicated, it's costly, it, it's very stressful and it's not just a one-off... Um, occurrence you know having to become someone's deputy you are held accountable to the ministry of justice and the court of protection um every single year mm. you know now at the minute i'm managing ryan's finances and that's fine you know and i've got everything there for the dwp i don't get called upon for audits but when you're under the court of protection as a uh, as a deputy you know it takes it to a a, a a ridiculous level where you're almost scrutinized to the point of feeling like you're a criminal you mm. know? Um, and, and that's that's just not right. The, the, the process could be far more simplified by doing what I will do when Ryan is 16 for the Department of Work and Pensions and become his appointee. And that will work absolutely adequately fine for the child trust fund as well. But the powers that be at this moment in time are not listening. Mm. Uh, they think they've simplified the process by giving us this toolkit where actually it's not fit for purpose at all. So yeah. there's still a lot of more work to do but it's great that it is being highlighted mm. in the media now.
0: Right, now let's chat about the rain, rain reason we've got you here because of the um, we've got the golf day <coughs> coming up.
8: We're launching our annual golf day fundraiser for Autism Support Crawley, a charity that I'm chairperson of. Um, and as a charity we support carers uh, not only in Crawley but across all of West Sussex and East Sussex, Brighton Hove. Surrey, uh Kent, and Hampshire borders, because there's not a lot out there for the carers for peer support, mm. and you know we 've been running golf days since uh, for the charity two thousand and twelve was the first one for autism support crawling. We will be taking over Ifield Golf Club on Saturday, September the thirtieth this year, and uh, we've probably got in the in the range of uh, I think we're tickling fifty golfers at the minute, wow. which is amazing um. Uh, in four ball formats that are going to play golf for us Mm. the whole day and um, there will also be uh, evening entertainment as well uh, which will be a public event um, and that's where we'll have the trophy presentations for the golfers but also the raffle prize draw and uh, auction as well and evening entertainment with a buffet you know one of one of our uh, carers that is a member of our charity you know he's He's offered his services to actually perform his one-man band wow. for the evening. So we've got live entertainment as well, which is fantastic. So we're really, really excited about that. You know, as as a charity, you know, we can apply for funding for certain things. You know, to cover core costs. Um, but these the idea of these fundraisers is to be able to raise money for us as a charity to be able to carry on. Hosting and delivering our peer support meetings, family events. So I'm just here to also reach out to any perhaps local businesses that might like to be a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just asking for a suggested minimum donation of of, of just fifty pounds. Um, and we've seen quite a few businesses come in our way already that you know, have helped support us in the past which is fantastic but we do have sponsorship opportunities for whole sponsors for um, the competitions on the day such as the longest drives and the nearest to the pins and um, you know, for, for their donation they will have um, on the, all of our social media we will give them their own sponsor of the day coverage um, beforehand in the lead up and also, on the day, they'll have their company logo and a little bit about what they do for the community um, up on display at the whole uh, or the competition that they' they're sponsoring, and obviously there'll be the credits board and then all subsequent thank yous um, afterwards as well, and obviously invited to be our guests on the night too. so um, if anyone would like to uh, get in contact and have a conversation um, and also reaching out for any good quality raffle prizes or auction items as well. Um, We'll be reaching out to all the local golf clubs in the area to see if they can perhaps offer us a four-ball prize as an auction that we can... um, Our MC, the wonderful Austin Hughes, will be um, hosting on the night. Um, And Austin, one of our patrons, will also be hosting the golf during the day as well. And he hosts it like you see on the Ryder Cup (laughs) with all the big... Uh, pizzazz and you know voiceovers and and everything so it's 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 a real family orientated fun day Mm. the golfers absolutely love it we are so well supported by um our tesco hazelwick branch and also tesco broadbridge heath Mm -hmm. um, and also looking to get tesco hookwood on board as well um and and they help with some sponsorship raff, like raffle prizes, prizes and um, they're helping out with some of the prizes to go with the trophies as well and supplying some snacks and s- soft drinks for the golfers on the day too. So it's, it's lovely to have a big name like that on board supporting a very small charity. Mm, you know, we are a very small charity are. doing massive things. So, um, yeah, we've got John Earl, the pro at Ifield um is a carer himself. So this really does, you know, sit so deep in his heart to be able to help support us as well. And to be able to welcome back Phil Britton from Document Workflow Solutions as our ever-present sponsor um, is, is amazing and yeah, fantastic. We're so looking forward to it.
1: Maria Cook from Autism Support Crawley talking there to Paul Tolney. The charity's annual golf day takes place at IField Golf Club in Crawley on Saturday the 30th of August at 10.45am. For full entry details, sponsorship opportunities and further information on the event or the charity in general, email maria at chair at autismsupportcrawley.co.uk. That's chair at autismsupportcrawley.co.uk. Or you can search for Autism Support Crawley on Facebook. And that's it for the latest edition. We've got all the information on the features you've heard today on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. The Sunday Review will be taking a short summer break for the next few weeks. So until we return, take care and enjoy the weather.